All right, glad to have John Paul and Mackenzie with us. I asked him to, actually he was supposed to be here last Sunday and he was going to teach a Sunday school hour, but then they canceled his flight and they didn't come in until Monday, so I said, now you're on the hook for preaching next Sunday. So anyway, so he's, he's going to come and bring us the message this morning. So. Amen. You will turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. I do want to thank you guys for the opportunity to preach. Um, thank you for making me and my wife feel welcome. We've really had a good time up here in Montana, and like uh, Pastor Larry has said, we're looking for ministry opportunities. We feel like the Lord has called us um, into missions work uh, with the Native Americans out west, and so we're really just looking for where the Lord wants us. And so if you would uh, keep us in mind as uh, you pray for us, that'd be great. But in John chapter 21, in verse 1, it says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples in the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise he showed himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathanael and Canaan and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee and the two other of his disciples. And Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. And, he say unto, and they say unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning now came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat? And he answered unto him and said, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, uh, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt on his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were uh, come to land, they saw a fire of coals and fish laid thereon and bread. And Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which thou hast now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net uh, to land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three. And for all that were so many, yet not the net broke. And Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the uh, disciples uh, did ask, Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. And Jesus then cometh, and taketh bread, and giveth them, and the fish likewise. And now this was the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. And after that he was risen from the dead. And so when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my lambs. And he said unto him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my sheep. And he saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou would not go. And he spake this, signifying the death that he should glorify God in. And when he had spoken these things, he said unto him, Follow me. Dear Jesus, I love you. Thank you for this day, Lord. And Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. And Lord, I do pray that you would uh, help me. Uh, in the sermon, Lord, that you would give me the words to say, and that I wouldn't say anything uh, that you wouldn't have me to say. But Lord, I do pray that you would help us to grow closer to you. Lord, help us to love you uh, more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And so the background of John chapter 21 is that Jesus had already died. He went to the cross and he raised again. And this is the third time that he showed himself to his disciples. And this is really a dialogue between Jesus and Peter. And to give you some more background of it, we're going to have to turn in our Bibles to John chapter 13 and verse 33. Now this was the night that Jesus was going to be betrayed. And he is sitting there with his disciples and he's talking with them and he's uh, giving them some commandments before he goes to the cross. And in verse 33 it says, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. And you shall search for me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. And as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Now Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered and said, where I go, you cannot follow me now. But you will follow me afterwards. And Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. And Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down your life for my sake? I say unto you, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me three times. Now this is a prophecy that was fulfilled that same exact night. And Peter is saying to Jesus, You know, I love you so much that I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to follow you to the ends of the earth. And if that means that I'm going to die for you, I'm going to die for you. And Jesus responds and said, will you actually die for me? I say to you, you're going to deny me three times before the morning that you don't even know me. And this uh, prophecy is fulfilled in uh, John chapter 18. John chapter 17. Sorry. If we go to... Verse 4, this is after they had gone to the garden. And Judas is leading a band of men to go and arrest Jesus and take him and try him before the, uh, the council. And they're going to put him to death, basically. They're going to give him a death verdict. And it says in verse 4, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom seek ye? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus saith unto him, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with him. And as, as soon as he said, I am he, they went backwards and fell to the ground. And then they asked him, uh, then he asked them again, whom seek ye? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let the others go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake of them, which thou gavest me, I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And then said Jesus unto Peter, Put away thy sword into the sheath. Uh, the cup of which my father hath given me, shall not I drink it? And so these men are coming to take Jesus. And it says that the disciples said, Should we smite them with the sword? Knowing what is about to happen. They're about to take Jesus away and they're about to try him. They're about to crucify him. And Peter, he gets up the nerve. He pulls out a sword and he actually cuts somebody's ear off. And in Luke 22 and verse 49 and 51, we won't go there. But it says that uh, Jesus said, you know, put up your sword, suffer this. And he actually picks up the ear of Malchus and he heals this man. And then after that, it says in verse 12 here, the bands and the captains and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away uh, to Ananias first, for he was the father-in-law of Caliphas, uh, which was at the high priest that same year. And so Jesus went willingly with these band of men. They, he 
chose to go with them. Now, remember here, when he, uh, when he asked this band, who are you seeking? You know, he said, I am he. And they fell backwards. This was a supernatural thing. When he declared unto them that he was Jesus, they actually fell backwards. And so you can imagine this. They're, they're going to them. They have all these uh, fires so they can see. They have all these swords. They have all these weapons. All these great multitudes of men. And they go to Jesus and they say, we're seeking for the Lord. And he says, I am he. And they all fall down to the ground. You know, and so then they're all trying to stumble and get back up and they're probably dusting themselves off. And Jesus says, who are you seeking? And he says, uh, we're seeking Jesus. We're going to go and arrest him. And he says, well, I'm he. So let these other people go. He willingly turned himself in uh, to these people. And as they were taking him to the high priest, Peter and John were following nearby. And it says in verse 15, and Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. And that disciple was known to the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without and went out the other disciple uh, that knowest the high priest and spake to her that kept the door and brought in Peter. And then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, art thou not one of this man's disciples? And he saith, I am not. And the servants and the officers stood there, and they had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. You know, this is the very first time that Peter denied that he even knew Christ. If we turn to uh, Mark 14 and 71 and 72, or Matthew 26, 71 and 75, it says that he was warming himself by these fire of coals with these other men. And another man came up and said, Aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And he actually took an oath. He said, no, I do not know Jesus Christ. I am not uh, one of this man's disciples. And another man came up to him and said, we can hear it in your accent. You sound like a fisherman. And we know that fishermen are the disciples. The disciples are fishermen and you sound like a fisherman. You're following Jesus around. You must be one of his disciples. And it said that Peter even went so far as to curse and to swear that he was not one of Jesus' disciples. And it said, after he denied him the third time, the cock crew, and he was so guilty, he knew exactly what he had done. The prophecy that Jesus had given him had come true. And he was so grieved that it said that he actually ran out of the courtroom and he was crying bitterly. And so we all know what happened to Jesus Christ. He was crucified, but he did not stay in the grave. He rose again and he appeared to his disciples twice before this one in uh, chapter 21. And it says that, you know, Peter is here. He's with his other disciples. And these other disciples were actually with Peter when he was called to be a disciple. Peter had no direction in life at this point. He was following Christ, but Christ was no longer leading them. And so he didn't know what to do with himself. And so he said in verse 3, Simon Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. You know, this is his old life. This is what he did before he followed Christ. He was a fisherman. If we turn back to Luke Luke chapter 3 and 3 through 8. Luke 5, 3 through 8. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Luke 5, 3 through 8, and it said, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon Peter's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And when he had sat down, he taught the people out of the ship, and sat down and and now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Now, this is a very interesting passage. Uh, Jesus is being followed around by a crowd. And what he did was he entered into a boat and then he 
thrust out from the land just a little bit so that he could be a little bit further away from the people so that they could hear him better. Because there was a cliff that was actually behind them, and so he could echo his voice so that more people could hear him. And so the fishermen, they had been fishing all night, and they were mending their nets, and he enters into their ship, and he just asks them uh, if they can go out just a little way so that he can speak to this crowd. And so they, uh, they do that. They thrust out just a little bit, and he teaches these people. And then after he's done teaching these people, he turns to Simon Peter, the captain of the boat, and he says, just launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Now, Simon Peter was a professional fisherman. He knew how to catch those fish. Now, I know that there's a lot of trout uh, in these waters up here. Who, who uh, likes to go trout fishing? I like to go trout fishing. Down in Tennessee, we don't actually have native trout, and so they have to stock uh, rivers and stuff. But we go to those rivers that they stock, and we like to uh, fish around a little bit. And, you know, I know those fish a little bit. I I know enough to catch one occasionally. And I know that if you put a big bass hook and a big bait fish on there and you cast that out into the creek, you're not going to catch a trout. You know, if you use corn, then you have a a better chance. If you use worms, you have a better chance. But you have to use a small hook, right? Because they have small mouths. And so you have to know the fish to catch the fish. And Peter was an expert fisherman. He knew exactly what it took to catch those fish that day. And he knew that those fish do not swim in big schools that can be caught in nets unless it is nighttime. And right now when Jesus is speaking to him, it's the morning. They had been fishing all night and they did not catch anything. But they obeyed the Lord and they went out and they launched out and they put down one net. And it says here, and Simon answered unto him, The Master, we have toiled all night, and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they had enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned to their partners, which were on the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled the, both ships, so that they began to sink. There were so many fishes that both of those ships were so weighed down that they began to sink low into the water. They did not sink completely, but they were so heavy with all these fish that they were sinking low into the water. Now, this is completely just a miracle because this isn't what usually happens. If you were trying to catch fish, you would do this at night. And even still, even if this was at night, it was unusual to catch that many fish. And it says that and when they had done this, I'm sorry, verse 7, and they beckoned, no, it's verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it and fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all were with him, at the drought of fishes which had been taken. And so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and his partners, uh, Simon. And uh, Jesus said unto Simon, fear not, from henceforth you shall catch men. So turning back to John chapter 21, there is obviously a parallel here. You know, in, uh, in Luke, in that passage, Peter is going forth and he lays down his nets and he catches a huge multitude of fish. And this is the miracle that Jesus uses to call Peter to be one of his disciples. But notice here in uh, John chapter 21, it's the same miracle over again. They had went fishing all night, they toiled all night, but they caught nothing. And Jesus stood on the shore and he called out to them, have you caught any fish? And he, uh, they said, no. And he says, let down your net on the right side of the ship and you will find. And immediately John, uh, he was there on both occasions. And so he knew that this was the Lord Jesus. And so he calls over to Peter and he says, hey, this is the Lord Jesus over there on the land. And as soon as Peter heard this, he put on his coat and he jumped into the sea to swim all the way to the shore. Because he wanted to be right next to Jesus. 
You know, it doesn't matter how far you go in life. It doesn't matter how far in sin that you go. You can always come back to Jesus. You always can. And it says here. In verse nine, as soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on with bread. And Jesus saith unto him, bring of the fish which you have now caught. Now notice that that phrase, a fire of coals. There's only two times in the Bible that you, where it uses this phrase, a fire of coals. The, uh, one is right here in uh, chapter 21, but also uh, the other one is used just earlier when Peter is denying that he even knows Christ. There's a parallel there, and Jesus is using both of these things to single out Peter. He's calling Peter, and this is why I say that it's a dialogue between Peter and Jesus. And it says, after they had dined on the fish, in verse 15... Uh, it says, so when they had died, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? You know, Jesus has three questions for Simon Peter, and all of them are unique. Every single one of them are unique. Now, it kind of reads the same way, but in the Greek, there's actually two different words that can be translated into the same word in English. And that's the word love. But there's two different types of love that are being used here. When Jesus says, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He's using the word agape. Simon, Simon, uh, son of Jonas, agape thou me more than these. Now, that word agape is a passionate kind of love. It's an all-consuming kind of love. It's a romantic kind of love. It's the love that a husband and wife would share together. It's the kind of love that Jesus has for us. It's the kind of love that uh, the church should have for Jesus also. But notice Peter's Response here, it says, uh, he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, feed my sheep. You know, that word that Peter uses here, he's not using the agape kind of love. He's actually using phileo, which is the root word that we get Philadelphia from. Now, Philadelphia, we know, is the city of brotherly love. And that's exactly what phileo means. It means like a loyalty kind of love. It means like a brotherly kind of love. So obviously he's not offering to Jesus what he's wanting. But notice the question again. It says, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Now that ending right there, more than these, is what makes this question unique from the other two. You know, that is a very um, positional word. You know, it's, it's talking about the things that are around Peter. Peter and uh, the disciples are eating with Jesus on the shore. They had just uh, had a huge night of uh, fishing and catching nothing. And in the morning, they had caught a whole bunch of fish. And Jesus is saying, do you love me more than all these things? Do you love me more than your old life, Peter? Do you love me more than the community that you're in, the friends that you're in? Do you love me more than catching fish? Do you love me more than all these fish that we have just caught? You know, do we love Christ uh, more than the things in our life? You know, Peter had actually turned to his old life and, and Jesus is talking to him and asking him, you know, do you love me more than what you were before you met me? And then we obviously know Peter's response and it says, I phileo you. You know, I'm not sure what was going through Peter's mind at this point. I'm sure that he was thinking about all the grief that he was bearing from denying uh, Jesus Christ just a few nights before. And I'm sure that that weighed heavy on him as he watched um, all that transpired in Jerusalem. 
You know, Jesus was uh, taken through the streets as he was carrying a cross. He was beaten. He was scourged. In fact, they even said that they went so far as to put a crown of thorns on his head and they pushed it in so that those thorns would be into his skull. And they put a, a purple robe over him, which purple is actually the, uh, the color of royalty. And they mocked him and said, Hail the king of the Jews. And it even says in another gospel that they put a blindfold over his, uh, his eyes and they actually smote him. And they said, Prophesy now, who, who just hit you? And they would mock him and they would beat him. And they, they marched him through the streets as he carried a cross. And they brought him all the way up to the uh, mount where they were going to crucify him, Mount Calvary. And I'm not sure if Peter was there. I'm not sure if he was watching all this. I'm sure that he heard everything because this was big news in Jerusalem. And I'm sure that... He thought a lot about what he did when he denied Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that he was eaten up with guilt. And perhaps this is why he said, Lord, I have a loyalty to you. That's what he's really emphasizing with this word is I have a loyalty to you, Christ. And so we go on to the second uh, question here in verse 16. And it said, he saith unto him a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now, notice on this one, the, the more than these is actually cut off from the end there. And so he's saying, Peter, do you agape me? Do you have a passion for me, Peter? Is there any passion for me at all? You know, this word agape, it's an all consuming love. But, you know, that's the kind of love that Jesus has for us. It's a true love. And if we turn to uh, John chapter 15 and verse 13. It says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know, Jesus had just laid down his life for Peter. Jesus had just laid down his life for you. And, you know, it's kind of mind boggling, but he also laid down his life for the Pharisees and for those soldiers that crucified him. He died for those soldiers that beat him and mocked him and ridiculed him. You know, he died for everybody, for everybody's sin. That's how much love he has for you. But his love does not end there. You know, it's kind of um, counterintuitive to our thought to love somebody who hates us so bitterly. You know, for him to actually love the people who were nailing him to the cross, it just does not make sense to our human minds. But even more so, if we turn to Genesis in chapter 3. Now, this is the fall of man. We know what happens here. that The serpent comes and tempts Adam and Eve to go and eat of the fruit. And Adam and Eve, they both eat the fruit. And because of that, they reject God and they fall from, uh, from grace into sin. And that's why we all have a sin nature. But notice here in verse 14 of chapter 3 in Genesis. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, and on thy belly thou shalt go, in the dust thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. And in verse 15 it says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You know, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, when they rejected God, it did not come as a surprise to God. You know, he already had a plan in place. He knew that he was going to have to send a redeemer. And that's completely just mind boggling to me. He knew everything that we were going to do. He knew every sin that we were ever going to commit. He knew every lie that I was ever going to tell. He knew every sin that I was ever going to do. And yet he still decided to make me. And create me. He decided to create you. Knowing everything that you would do in your life. That's how much love he has for you. But he was not willing to leave you in that sin. He also came and died for you. 
Now, I do some uh, leather crafts. I, I like to make little wallets and purses and that sort of thing. And if I knew that I was going to go into a project and that project was not going to turn out right, and it was going to be a huge headache and it was going to take a whole lot of time and a whole lot of effort just to make something right, I probably would not go and do that, that project. I'd probably find something else to do. But, you know, it's completely mind-boggling that God, in His infinite knowledge, would know that we were going to reject Him, that we were going to sin against Him, but He still loved us so much that He would create us. And not only that, but He would die to redeem us. You know, this is the agape love that Jesus has given to us. This is the agape love that He's asking uh, from us. If we go to Luke 12 and 48, it says, Whoever is uh, given much, much will also be required of Him. You know, we have been given so much because Christ has died for us. Because of the love that he has given for us, it is only our reasonable service that we give back that love to him. And that's exactly what he's asking Peter here for. He's saying, do you have a passion for me, Peter? You know, I have a passion for you. I have a passion so much that he actually went and died for Peter. You know, that's how much love that he has for Peter. But because he has given us this, we also must have that same love for Jesus Christ. And so going on to the third question, this one, it actually reads different. It says in verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? You see, Jesus had actually changed the word here. He, he's no longer using that agape love. He's actually using the word phileo. Peter, do you have a loyalty to me? You know, when we offer only our loyalty to Christ, he has a right to question that because our loyalties have a breaking point. We, had already, we already know Peter's breaking point. You know, he was too scared to even go into the palace. He was too scared to even say that he was a believer, that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. And because he only had a loyalty to Jesus Christ and it came to a breaking point, he decided, no, I'm going to deny Christ. I'm going to deny that I even knew him, lest they uh, take him and crucify him also. That's what he was really scared of. He was scared that they were going to take his life. And so here Jesus is saying, do you have a loyalty to me? And Peter's response is, you know, uh, you know all things, Lord. You know that I am loyal to you. And it says, uh, uh, feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou were young, that you clothed yourself and you, walk, uh, and you walked where you wanted to go. But when you shall be old, you shall stretch forth your hands and another shall gird you, shall clothe you and carry you where, uh, where you would not go. And this he spake, signifying the death which he should glorify God. And when he had spoken these things, he said unto him, follow me. You know, I don't know what's going to be in your life. Um, Jesus does. Jesus knows what's going to happen uh, tomorrow. He's know, he knows what's going to happen in your life. And he knew how Peter was going to die. And it said that he was going to stretch forth his hands. This was a prophecy of Peter saying that he was going to be crucified. The thing that he was most scared of back in chapter 18, that, that's, what, that's the way he's going to die. But you know, Jesus said, just follow me, Peter. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. I know that you're going to be crucified, but just follow me. You know, loyalty is not going to be enough for, for that because he knows that loyalty has a breaking point. And that's why Jesus is asking for Peter's whole heart. He's asking for your whole heart. You know, loyalty is not enough to cry, for Christ because it has a breaking point. But Jesus went all the way for us. Jesus left everything for us. He paid all the price for us. It is only reasonable that we also... Go all the way for him. 
and that we lay down our lives for him also. So Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? Do you have an all-consuming passion for me? You know, I believe that the Lord Jesus is still asking that same question today to many people. Do you actually love Jesus Christ? Do you have an actual passion for Jesus Christ? So we'll pray. And uh, Pastor Larry will come up and lead the invitation. Dear Jesus, I love you. Thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, thank you for all that you do. And Lord, I do pray that you would help us to uh, have a love for you. Lord, help us to love you more and more. I do pray that you would help us not only to offer you our loyalty, but Lord, that we would offer you our whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab your hymn book, if you would, and look at 494. 494.